0: Welcome to Never End the Story, a podcast where we re-watch the child, cherished childhood movies of our guests, along with Tepper, an adult who's never seen any of these movies before. I'm your host, Ivan. This episode, we are joined by Chris, Shauna, and of course, Tepper. We will be watching Jumanji, directed by John Johnston, released in 1995, based on the 1981 children's book by Chris von Allsberg, who worked as a story writer for the film. Shauna brought us this movie this week. Why?
1: Well, so as a kid, I was really into animals, and this movie has a lot of that. But, so it's, it is just a fun kids' movie, and I had a good time watching it. And it did touch on one of my childhood fears, which I won't say now for spoilers, but I'll mention it afterwards.
0: All right. Does anyone else have a personal connection to this film? Chris?
2: Uh, this was a VHS that we had in the cupboard and we definitely watched it a lot it wasn't as big for me i think as it was for shauna but it is uh it's one of those ones that anytime it's been on tv or something like that when i'm an adult i and i see it i go like wow that's really good
0: yeah uh i also owned it uh on vhs as a kid or maybe it was a vhs recorded off a tv uh definitely watched it half dozen times maybe but I remember it being real good. I don't... I'm not that invested in it, though.
2: There are really vivid scenes that I remember very clearly to this
3: day. Um... I don't really... Well, I mean, I haven't watched it, obviously. Uh, I've watched the sequel, though. (laughs) (laughs) This
2: is... Listeners will soon find out that a running joke here is that uh, Tepper has seen the sequels to many classic films.
3: <laughs> but not the originals. Uh, yeah, so I've seen the sequel. There's the uh, the meme, you know, uh, what year is it? Um, and uh, I know Robin Williams is in it, and that's basically all I know about it. Well, uh, well and the board game stuff and a few like minor details. Uh, but everything about the plot and kind of like what happens, I know absolutely nothing.
0: All right. Uh, we are now showing Tepper the movie poster, so obviously you have a little bit of information from the past, but based on this anyways, what do you think this movie is about? Uh, well,
3: we can see the board game, uh, box. There's obviously Robin Williams, uh, and animals. So having watched the sequel to the movie and and actually i believe when we were watching the sequel you guys mentioned some stuff uh rob williams gets taken into the board game when he's like 10 and trapped there and then i'm assuming some other people uh later on get trapped in the board game and meet up with him and other stuff happens and i'm assuming they manage to escape and then at the end they put the board game into I think it was like a river or the ocean or it flows into the ocean and then washes up at a beach.
0: Wow. Into the direct sequel that took <laughs> yeah, that was Yeah, yeah was a sequel. twenty years so later.
2: Those are some really <laughs> firm predictions this time, Tepper. For Never Ending Story, you were like, uh
3: I think there's like a girl in it. <laughs> well I also knew absolutely nothing about never any right. story. So,
0: uh, this one I'm working off sequel knowledge here.
3: Right.
0: <laughs> Clearly we'll uh, have this as an ongoing thing throughout the series. Who do you think the main character in this movie, according to this poster?
3: Oh, man, how could I ever guess? Um, <laughs> Rhino on the right, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> mm, but I don't know, that elephant in the back looks kind of important. You know, I'm gonna go with the guy at the top of the poster on this one. Uh he looks kinda of important. Just just a little bit.
1: I gotta say, Robin that's a very Robin Williams face.
3: Yes, yeah, yes. Like even is... even
1: adult movies and you and in the posters he's very serious looking, but this is a very Robin Williams silly face.
3: Yes. Yeah, yeah, Robin Williams comedy. It yeah.
2: definitely and
0: looks bobbleheady as well. Like <laughs> Yes. Mm-hmm. that's
2: the way they've edited it so that the like side of his chin, the side of his jaw rather, is under the A, but over the M. so he's like poking his head through the letters. It's very, yeah. Huh. yeah, oh.
0: hard to look at. <laughs> 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 All right, yeah. See you after the film.
1: What year is it? Uh, it was brand new. No. What year is it?
0: And we're back.
3: What did everyone think? Uh, that was really good, actually. Uh, I really liked it for a whole multitude of reasons, but before we get into that, what does everybody else think?
1: Loved it. It was good when I first watched it, and it's good now.
0: How long do you think it's been since you saw it?
1: Oh, wow, um, years. Yeah, years.
0: Yeah, my last viewing definitely would have been on VHS.
1: Yeah, 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 it was definitely VHS. The VHS was attached to the TV like part of it.
2: Ooh. Oh yeah, we had one of those. And Chris, uh I mean it's a treat, right? Like <laughs> There's so many things that I forgot about and so many things that I remembered exactly that were uh even better in the rewatch. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Uh, Tepper, nailing the predictions this time, too?
3: <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, I did have, like, a lot of knowledge from the sequel, so... You did also think
0: that it was going to take place inside Jumanji. Yes, oh, and, yeah. and
3: and actually, and actually uh, I, was, I was just thinking, when we got into the movie, I remembered that that wasn't the case, and I always remember that isn't the case for a weird reason... Because there was a sci-fi version of Jumanji released, I don't know how long after Zero the first stream. one. Yes, and I always remember because when it was on in, like on TV and for commercials and stuff, my mom mentioned that I should just watch Jumanji instead, but I never got around to actually watching the movie. But that was one of the reasons why I could always make that weird connection. But yeah, as soon as we got into the movie, I went, oh right, it doesn't take place actually uh, inside the board game
0: yeah the poster actually does a really good job of conveying that because you see the board game but you see Jumanji bursting out into yes the, <laughs> into like a suburb
3: yeah like that that uh, that poster is actually really good
0: yeah for how little there kind of is going on there's a lot going on precisely
1: and I guess so we just we discussed that Robin William in the poster looks very comedic like it's a comedy. This movie had com- comedic elements, but I wouldn't call it a comedy.
3: More like a horror movie?
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> like an adventure horror for like, children.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, I gotta say, like, this movie is is pretty horrifying. Uh, like, there's, there's a lot of horror elements in here. There's definitely a couple moments where I was like, they put that in, like, a kid's movie? Um... So one thing that definitely struck me throughout the movie, especially having watched the the sequel, uh, is there's a real sense of danger in this one. Like a lot of those monsters, I'm like, like, and creatures and stuff. It's like, no, like that's, I could see anybody, like, I could see a lot. Like if if this was like rated M, it would be a bloodbath. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, like that plant monster. It just grabbed a car and crushed it and dragged it into the jungle. I love that scene. Into the forest. It's like, and it just narrowly missed grabbing the ant's foot. Uh, Like, the implication of danger, uh, like, like if you get what I'm saying, is like, Jesus, that would have dragged her off in like a second and like devoured her and stripped her flesh from her bones. It's very fatal seeming. Yes, yeah, 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 exactly. like that's that's a that's a good word for it. Um, did you feel like the sequel was less perilous? Yeah, yeah, uh, like like the um, like there was dangerous elements, but there was never as much a sense of danger in the sequel I found because the it felt like the protagonists in the sequel were more equipped to deal with the danger. That they were put in front of, whereas, like, in this movie, it's just a bunch of, like, random scrubs uh, who are all of a sudden dealing with very, very dangerous situations. Random yeah.
1: scrubs and Robin Williams.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. But but even so, like, Robin Williams is still just a guy, like, a survival guy, but still just a guy, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, they, they were very, like, they are game avatars in the sequel, and they have multiple lives, which very much decreases the sense of danger.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So so like the sense of danger in this movie and like the monsters they face is like yeah, like that that's that's pretty that's pretty dangerous. So I I was um like like I know I'm comparing the the sequel to the original and stuff. Uh but like I would say they're two very different movies and they shouldn't be compared too directly other than the differences within a franchise because uh, I find they're both good in their own right. But uh, this movie, like, yeah, Sense of Danger was awesome. I don't know. What you guys think? I'll
0: well, like, I mean, into. Uh, halfway into the movie, we get a line from the paramedics that the mosquitoes have taken out, like, 50 people.
2: Yeah. Uh, and later when Aunt Nora's in the car, I think they say, like, 90. Uh, people having seizures yeah. or, like, uh, having a fever that puts them out. Yeah, it's... Like, it destroys... The Jumanji board game f- destroys this town's economy and then destroys this town.
3: Yeah, but, but, like, actually, I know we were joking about it being a cursed object, but, like, this is the type of object that would bring down entire, like, cities or countries if not contained. Like, because it would just keep going.
1: Yeah, I think, the, I think the sense of danger was really heightened because there were so many near misses. Like, you mentioned the vine almost grabbing her leg. Uh, When they're attacked by the mosquitoes, he accidentally opens the sunroof to let them in, (laughs) just as he drives away. Like, there's just all these near misses that really portray the sense of danger, but it doesn't feel old.
3: No, the the movie has, like, um, to my eyes, like, uh, like you can tell kind of the special effects versus the practical effects for the most part. Um, And you can kind of get a feeling for when the movie is made. Uh, but overall, the story, which is, I think, the, the thing that, that mostly, uh, that keeps the movie together, has aged very well.
1: Like, we were commenting the weird, uh, the, the 60s bullies?
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, they were messed up. Like, they showed up. Um, should we do, like, a recap of what happened in this movie? Or are we just going to kind of talk about the things that stood
3: out to us? Maybe maybe give like a little bit of context of yeah on so the things we're talking about.
2: Weird. The movie starts as a period piece in 1869, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like two boys burying Jumanji, and then smash cut to 1969, uh, where young uh, Robin Williams, who we don't know is Robin Williams yet, uh, gets his shit pushed in by a bunch of like murderous <laughs> 60s bullies. They there's like 12 guys on bikes who are screaming, "Kill him." <laughs> And they chase him to his father's <laughs> place of business. His father refuses to help him and tells him he should fight his own battles, and then he gets his ass beat by like eight kids.
1: I and love, his
0: bike stolen.
1: I love later, because yeah. his dad says, Oh, there were twelve of them? Oh, I'm sorry, I wouldn't have told you to leave if there was if I knew there was twelve. I thought it was one.
0: <laughs> With, as adults were uh witness to the the, <laughs> yeah. the beating.
3: Yeah, like yeah, uh, you, know, you know we saw this in, in Neverending Story too, but like this era of movies with their bullies, it's more like organized criminality. <laughs> they really want to
2: hammer home that you should sympathize with this main character, so they beat him up. Yeah,
1: it's also the perspective of kids because, like, as a kid, bullies are they seem much more powerful than they actually are, as with a lot of things.
3: Uh but, oh, just just as a note, like this for remind about like the opening of the movie. Like, Dark Forest, uh, like, like this was, like, a dark opening, not just, like, lighting-wise, but, like, also, it's, like, the board game is trying to get me, like, get me out of this hole, like, the board game is malicious. Yeah, it's evil. Like, ho- like yeah, yeah, like, it is evil.
1: And I want to... It f- I seeks
0: players. I would say it's probably chaotic neutral.
3: <laughs> John always he's a
0: for
2: for
3: evil <laughs> objects.
1: Like, I want to see the game those guys played. Like, I want to see every game that got played on this game.
3: They must have, like, when the pieces move themselves, they probably went, it must be magic.
2: Oh, yes. It was mag- probably magic for them because uh, Alan Magnets
0: and... for Alan. And it yeah. was microchips for Judy.
2: Yeah, microchips. You know, microchips. They make things move around. That's a very 1995 or whatever thing to say.
0: Yeah, the, yeah. Sa- the, sa- the same d- deadly force she would face th- just three years later in Small Soldiers. Right. <laughs> Oh, I
2: forgot. Kirsten Dunst was in Small Soldiers. She was in Small Soldiers. Oh my god. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. She's the love interest, neighbor, the girl next door. That that's the archetype. <laughs>
3: uh, but yeah, like this, this. Uh, so so, Van Peltz. We were talking and, and before we started recording. Oh man, we talked a little bit about him, but I actually want to dive right in because, um, he was everything in this movie that the wolf should have been in Never End the Story. Right. In uh, Never Ending Story. This constant threatening presence who was actively trying to hunt down and uh, stop the main characters. Um, intelligent. And yeah, like just great. Uh, I really liked his character. And um, I gotta say that joke about the postal Workers <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> not sure if that should be in a kids' movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that they would, that would never happen now. Oh my god. Uh, that's something I wanted to say is that like, the movie is very like dark and horrible for children. But there's a lot of even darker jokes that would go over children's heads.
1: Yeah, like that porn yeah. joke. I did not get it until this viewing. Yeah,
3: yeah, like you guys had to give me the the context on it. Yeah, because um,
1: he just goes into a gun shop, buys this. What what even come, what kind of gun is? It? I want to say it's it, semi-automatic, but that's not. It, it.
0: It's just a crazy assault rifle. Yeah, yeah. So crazy yeah. assault rifle,
1: and because of his safari getup, the guy's just like, "Are you a postal worker?" And just
2: <laughs> as he buys an illegal gun with gold, <laughs> yeah. In the yeah. context
1: of the shop owner, like, hmm, a lot of postal workers have killed a lot of people recently.
3: <laughs> and you're buying a very dangerous weapon. Might you be a postal worker, sir?
0: but i got my gold coins and that's all that matters.
3: <laughs> yeah, and and also like bypassing the background check and the waiting period. Yeah, <laughs> if this movie was released today there would be a million angry articles, of people grandstanding about how horrible it is. Man, the 90s were such a wild period.
0: But yeah, that was that's an interesting comparison you made comparing him to the wolf because it's he's actually he is a very similar character in that he yeah, he is intelligent, he's hunting them. He also has far more knowledge about, like, the inner workings of the world itself than is first given off. Like, he understands that he is a piece of Jumanji and how important the board actually is. Yeah,
3: yeah, and that was... um, Yeah, so I found it was a very, very apt comparison to make, especially because, like, yeah, like, he, he works so well within the story that rather than just random danger like the spiders and the vines and the the flesh-eating monster um yeah like he's actively antagonistic he works to foil the protagonist's plans not just by like happenstance or by posing as a natural danger but an actively antagonistic danger
2: so interestingly uh alan oppenheimer yeah, I'm smart. Alan Oppenheimer uh, is the voice of Gamork in Never Ending Story and also the voice of Falcor. Uh, so he is the primary like force for good and the primary force for evil in that movie. And uh, we had kind of a similar thing going on here where um, uh, Jonathan Price plays Van Pelt and Alan's dad.
1: I was never aware of that until I... you pointed it out.
2: <laughs> I can't believe that you guys didn't catch... Oh, that's... Oh.
1: So all I could do was focus on his teeth whenever he talked, because he had that gold tooth, and he just always seemed so grody to me as a kid. Just like this gross, nasty adult who's an awful person.
2: They do a good job of making them
3: seem like very different people.
1: Yeah. Very much. Yeah,
3: it's because, like, I I didn't pick up on it. And I mean, like, I'm not the best person at picking up on that stuff, but... Um yeah, it didn't, it didn't uh, naturally occur to me that, like, yeah, they were the same people. And, like, that works on a great, like, symbolism sense because uh, Alan's, to an extent, greatest enemy was his own father, where his relationship with his father and every, everything else like that was a big part of his childhood. And then his great enemy that he needed to overcome was, one, the legacy of his father that his father left with him when he interacted with uh, the kid. And then... Obviously, his antagonist, uh, Van Pelt, who he also needed to overcome in order to be free of the game, and then also to shake off like a whole bunch of other things. Like, like It just works really well, having them both be the same person.
1: And I imagine it, part of it's the really good makeup, makeup effects because von Pelt, he has that weird mustache that touches both his beard yeah. and his hair.
3: So good. What a glorious mustache.
1: <laughs> like, it just... It pretty much just goes all the way across his face.
2: Van Pelt <laughs> is rad. Um, yeah, my question about him is: Do you think is he a real person that got sucked into Jumanji,
0: or is he a creation of Jumanji? He is a creation of Jumanji because that's why he gets sucked into it at the end.
1: And he's very self aware. Like, why why aren't you killing us? Because you didn't roll the dice.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I,
3: I would say I would say because he doesn't show his own. Um, how would I say it? Like, like, he's not independent of the game or doesn't have his own desires beyond executing the will of the game. I would say he's a creation of Jumanji.
0: Right. Plus, there isn't a fifth game
3: piece. Yeah, that's, that's true, too. Um. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, speaking of, yeah, like, 90s business dad. Oh, boy. I mean, in this case, it's 60s business dad, but still. Uh,
0: Le- less cocaine, more tuxedo.
3: And no egg with orange juice, either.
2: (laughs) And we had a living mom, but then, like, two dead
0: parents to make up for it later in the movie. Man, that homeless person slash security guard really, really buried the lead on that one.
2: Oh, the...
3: (laughs) (laughs) What?
1: Like, where are my parents? Oh, they're on 8th Street. That's where the cemetery is.
3: What a...
2: Dick move. Oh my god. Because well, he said, I see them every once in a while.
3: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, dude, you can't just do that. Maybe he's a ghost whisperer. <laughs> well, I, I like, oh, I know I mentioned, like, early on in the movie, I definitely wasn't sympathetic to those kids for a while. Oh, you uh, said cause... they
2: deserve to die, I
3: believe. <laughs> <laughs> that, was my, that was my exact words of, I hope, like, yeah, they deserve to die. I hope they I hope they die because it's like, I know you guys didn't think it was bragging, but I thought there was a whiff of bragging in, like, the fact that they manipulated a traumatized guy who just found his entire life was taken away from him and was trapped in a game for, uh, you know, like, tw- what was it, like, 25, 26 years? Um,
1: They're also kids. Like, they just... This kid used an adult trick back at an adult, and it worked. (laughs)
3: Haha, reverse psychology. My dad used to use it on me all the time.
1: (laughs) A lot of kids lack the understanding of trauma in other people.
3: No, no, I I know it's not. I'm obviously speaking of it from an adult perspective. Like, obviously, like, within the world of the movie, totally understandable. As an outside observer, wow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I gotta say... So that that beginning scene where uh, Alan comes back after being in Jumanji for 26 years. So there's a lot of horror in this movie of, like, body horror and scary spiders and stuff. Him coming back and just running around an empty house yelling for his parents was the scariest part for me as a child.
2: Yeah. Um... Because you knew they were, like, dead or whatever?
1: Yeah, it was just the horrifying concept of coming home and your parents are not there yeah and they never will be like as a child that freaked me out a lot
3: holy shit yeah like the existential elements of this movie stuff like that um uh, this movie i find hits a very good sweet spot of it's a movie for kids but you watch it as an adult and there's still plenty of material for you as well it hits that nice that nice sweet spot i i in my opinion where it's like yeah like haha it's a fun adventure movie and then but there's also all sorts of like adult elements to it as well that uh yeah, like when he comes back like that was um, I definitely felt for him like I really did, you know, like can you imagine like being trapped for twenty six years your last words to your dad were I hate you, I'm never gonna speak to you ever again um. And you come back, your parents are dead, your house is gone. your father's place of business is is gone. everything's gone. Congratulations. there's your whole life is gone.
0: And also a terrifying mockery of your father has been hunting you for 26 years.
3: Yes. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that that's certainly. was he hunting him the whole time inside?
2: Yes. Uh, yeah, he seemed to imply that. Um, okay. that Jonathan Hyde was like chasing him around in the game too because he said he yeah. likes to hunt him for some reason
1: yeah he was kind like he finds my existence abhorrent or something I don't know
2: what's very much like a little boy's interpretation of his dad that he can't please
3: yeah so it was uh pretty emotional yeah when he when he came back I thought like they hit some great notes uh, I thought the story was structured really well as as well like um like I thought the pacing was good and they uh I thought they gave perfect amount of screen time to everyone. Uh, There's some good comic relief in there too, like the car.
1: Yeah, that had such a good payoff.
3: I gotta say, those monkeys cocking that shotgun yeah. was just so funny.
2: Like just... The monkeys were good. I love how everything that came out of Jumanji was like... Very clearly intentioned in a way, like the monkeys caused mischief and ruined stuff, and the stampede was a stampede. It didn't like spread out into a bunch of animals. Like we see the stampede several times, as as, like it's one unit and its job is to stampede.
0: Yeah, everyone. Yeah, everyone but the pelican. The pelican was actually a similar level of intelligence as Von Hunt, as it tracked down the board game. Yeah. It felt like a malicious agent.
1: And look, that one rhino, just trying his best.
0: I love that rhino.
2: <laughs> oh, the chubby rhino. That like, yeah, that guy's great.
0: Uh, actually, like, well, excluding the hunter, the only issue that return was recurring was the vines. Yeah. Everything else, like, they beat basically by just like mostly avoiding it. But like, the vines were actually a recurring issue.
3: Yeah. I- and one thing I liked about the vines was they didn't just—they uh, just didn't go like, "Oh, the vines are back." Like when they leave the house, it has the um, the shot of the vines uh, curling out of the house, uh, so you know as the audience that it is still a threatening force. And then obviously it shows up when they're on the roadside, um, and then finally again under the floorboard when it uh, shoots the poison at uh, at the girl. Um, but yeah, I thought, yeah, the Vines' antagonistic force was pretty good, I thought, uh, for most of the movie. Um, those mosquitoes with their long stingers, horrifying.
1: Especially when Uh, it breaks through a car window.
3: Yes, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, that's, that's not
0: good. (laughs) And they, and they evidently carry Jumanji malaria. Yeah. Yeah,
3: that as well.
1: And like, the woman that they took out of the car... Her bite was on her head, like it dug into her skull when it sucked yeah. her. When it sucked her blood.
3: Those things are. Those stingers are huge. Yeah. Um, Robiscus, I
0: believe.
1: Yeah, and I. I like in the second movie. I really noted this. The one guy was like, yeah, my weakness is mosquitoes. Yeah. Yeah, they would be with these mosquitoes, but we, yeah. we never see these mosquitoes in the second movie.
0: No, it's very much normal mosquitoes in, within Jumanji. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah that is a thing, like, th- the Jumanji that Alan Parrish was in, I do not think was the same Jumanji that they were in. That seems like a much nicer Jumanji. It, yeah. it yeah.
0: was, because they make reference to it. Uh, the, the pilot who's been there for 20 years was living in Alan's house. But in is... His, like, lean to.
2: Is the multiple lives thing only if you go in as a video game, then? I think so.
0: Yeah, that was... Yeah, that that Jumanji sense, remodeled itself into a video game, and it was too much work to render the mosquitoes at that size, so...
3: I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, that was the thing. And, like, the, the second movie had, like, a different feel to it, like I was mentioning earlier, so... But yeah like uh well
2: i just can't stress enough that this board game ruined this town like economically for 26 years like we see it as a fine uh 19 late 1960s town with a booming shoe factory and whatever and then uh alan goes missing and when we come back in the 90s the town is a garbage pile yeah. like it's there's homeless people like warming their hands over garbage fires everywhere it's wild
1: i imagine a lot of them were employed at the factory like that that's common for small towns where the factory is the main economic source
3: yep oh good point yeah well and, and what's interesting too is because uh, this movie was made in 95 so like it's also kind of like a reference to real world economic stuff as well where like that was you know they call the Rust Belt the Rust Belt for a reason. And that reason his uh, economic downturn, causing empty factories and deserting smaller towns that relied on, on things like that. Um, it was all Jumanji's fault. <laughs> yeah, Rust Belt is all Jumanji's fault. <laughs> but yeah, like, like this item is truly cursed.
1: <laughs> uh, it's, so after the Stampede, there's mass looting just in the background and so when the when the trio goes into the the dollar store-esque place we later hear on the police radio that we have a hostage situation with a woman and two children but who reported this in the middle of a looting like
0: (laughs) they're being held hostage
1: in the middle of a store that's being actively looted by hundreds of people Who are all ignoring them in favor of just looting stuff, which seems to be toys. They're in the toy section, so people just use toys around them.
3: Uh, Well, I know when he was taking somebody hostage, somebody does yell out, uh, call the police. Ah. Ooh, nice. In in relation to that, yeah.
2: He is the only police officer in town, as far as I can tell. We hear the voices (laughs) of other ones, but I think he might be in like a Twilight Zone scenario where he just thinks there's more police.
0: There's Lorraine, who who is it? Who's the dispatcher or whatever? Uh, who also and, got uh, taken hostage by monkeys? Yes, yeah, she got taken <laughs> hostage by monkeys. This movie's great. Or murdered. It's not made clear. <laughs>
1: yeah. I like that these monkeys only fucked with the police after they left the house.
0: Yeah, no, they they know they've been trained by the military. They know how to destabilize the the structure of a small town.
3: <laughs> they were listening to much too much uh, NWA.
1: It's true, though, they really they really targeted the, the only source of order in this town.
3: Well, I like when they're like, oh, don't worry, it's just traffic cops. They'll support us. And they roll up, and there's like a monkey in the back with a the revolver.
0: They, they know how to drive, and they know how to use guns, and they know yeah. how to stabilize a small town. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I really
2: like that moment where, like, movies always want to reference either Casablanca or Wizard of Oz. Uh, and in this one, there's a scene where the monkeys are walking by a TV store and Wizard of Oz is playing and they see the flying monkeys from the end of Wizard of Oz and they start doing like the hopping, uh, dance that they do. (laughs) Like, they're like, Oh, this might be a fun way to destroy shit.
0: (laughs) And and then proceed to loot. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. They just loot the the electronic store. Oh my God. Yeah. just, Oh, what a great movie, honestly. Uh, like I'm having a hard time really thinking of anything that I, I really disliked about it. Um, like the only thing I could say is like uh, there's certain there's like a couple effects that haven't aged as that great. Yeah, some of the special effects. Yeah, the
0: monkeys yeah. are the worst of it. Like they're they're pretty good most of the time, but sometimes they look pretty bad.
2: It's mostly just the getting sucked into or out of the board game stuff. Oh, and the quicksand.
3: I was gonna say the quicksand. I think stuck out to me as the worst offender uh, because the monkeys. Uh, the monkeys I could overlook because of the active role they played. If you know what I mean, because they were actively doing so much thing, so many things that um, it kind of distracted from the fact that they didn't look the greatest. Yeah. Uh, whereas the quicksand, I kind of had to like look at it for a couple solid minutes, and I was like, eh.
1: Yeah, it wasn't really quick quicksand, it was just the floorboards became liquid.
3: Yeah,
2: I'm, yeah. I'm kind of surprised they didn't do that as a practical effect, where they just like cut out the floor and put sand in
3: there. That seems a lot easier and better looking. Uh, yeah, I feel like that would have looked a lot better. Uh, so like that definitely didn't age well. Uh, the tiger, or the lion, I should say, looked all right. Uh, the close shots
2: of the lion, like
3: its head yeah. and it like walking down the piano at the start, those looked amazing. Yes, uh, when it was actively moving after them, like chasing them, I thought that didn't look great. Um, but yeah, like when it wasn't moving as much, it looked pretty damn good.
2: And the stampede looked good for a thing that was moving.
3: Yes, yes, actually the stampede looked really good. Uh, and like when uh, when the aunt, aunt look, opens up the door and sees the lion, that was a great shot. Like I love that shot so much. <laughs> it just like yawns it does like a little roar, I think, and then she just freaks out, shuts the door.
1: Yeah, and um, the spiders; those were hundred percent just puppets, and it was really good.
3: Yeah, those aged pretty good.
0: The fighting of the spiders, less so. Yeah, yeah.
3: he didn't hit any of them. Yeah, the um...
2: Judy
0: was so much better at hitting those spiders. He he kicked one. He couldn't. He not. He did not hit any with the axe.
2: Oh. The yeah. axe guys. That the axe
0: gag? That That's was a great. Good <laughs> uh, yeah, that was good. It's also a <laughs> totally reasonable thing to actually happen too. Yeah. You were told, Go get the axe, it's in the shed and you're just like running on adrenaline. It's like, I need to get into this shed, it's locked. Oh good, there's an axe here, I can break into the shed.
2: The the best part of that is that he does like a Kurt Russell like mug to camera after yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <He's laughs> like
0: right guys. <laughs> Am I right or am I right? This has happened to you too, hasn't it?
1: (laughs) Oh, and also the effect on the kid when he turned into a half monkey.
0: Yeah, that was pretty good. Speaking of body
3: horror... (laughs) I'm going to try to cheat this magical board game. Nothing can go wrong. Not the most brilliant
0: moment, bud. (laughs) They, They only rolled one double. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the... Likelihood, and I don't feel like calculating it, but it seems low. Uh, (laughs) We're we're all
2: nerds. Let's assess. What do you think of Jumanji as a board game?
1: Uh, she actually commented on like like someone. uh, I think Judy comments on it. This game's like you don't need any skill. You just have to roll the dice.
2: I disagree completely. No, yeah, yes. it takes
1: skill to resolve the effect. Yeah, but the game itself—it's just rolling dice and first one to the center wins. No,
0: it's it's <laughs> it it like unlike snakes and ladders, which is not a game and re- does not require any skill. Mm. Jumanji very much requires skill. Yeah, <laughs> it is mechanically almost identical to to snakes and ladders. Yeah, until you add in the chance cards. <laughs> And everything trying to fucking murder you. That's what chance cards are for. It's basically the same as Monopoly. Go to, go to jail, get attacked by Hunter.
2: It only took one day for them to play. I guess it took them 26 years. Never mind. It's
3: exactly the same as Monopoly. And you leave the game traumatized, unsatisfied, and angry at everything around you.
1: And you try uh, and you destroy the game afterwards.
2: A beautiful game board and uh, pieces, though the components—ten oh, yeah. out of ten yeah. components
0: on Jumanji. Gameplay, eh, five maybe. I wonder because, like that, if that movie came out now and not ignoring the sequel, I imagine they they would have sold a lot of collector's editions, which came with the board. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if they did anything like that at the time.
2: There was a Jumanji board game that I had. And it had like one of those red plastic things that you can with the scramble letter reader, and that was the cards. (laughs) It was unsatisfying, even as a child, without like my snobby opinion of board
3: games now.
0: Yeah, I would imagine.
3: I gotta say, though, the uh, talking about good shots in this movie, the shot of uh, when he pulls the board game from the sand in the box, so nice.
1: Yeah, it's such a good opening. To just introducing the game. It's very beautiful.
0: Yeah, because that's our first actual shot of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, so that was,
3: that was really well done. I was very happy with that. They do a lot of world building in that
2: first, like, 20 minutes or whatever. Like, with the first scene that's never mentioned again of, like, the boys that we'd ever get to see from the 1800s, and then... Oh, yeah. It's good stuff.
3: Yeah, like, it really sets up the board game as, uh, as something you don't want. <laughs> Like, as, as a cursed item. Because they're like, no, let's bury this thing.
0: Sorry, I was, uh, do you think it was just those two boys who played it? Because they, defi- they obviously beat the game and then decided to bury it. Do you think they started with more players?
1: Or maybe they time-traveled. Because every movie we've seen with Jumanji has a time-travel element where there's a oh. there are future mm. and past players, and the game <laughs> connects to itself. Through
2: time. Those boys are actually from like the 1700s.
0: Well, then they wouldn't have. Then they would have been in the 1700s, and they would have had the game.
3: Oh, very true.
0: Unless, yeah, it, it, yeah.
3: <laughs> time travel. Am I right, guys? Not even once.
0: <laughs> it's also interesting because the first and second movie handle them in the opposite ways. Because in the original, we go back to the 60s. Yeah, I didn't see care for Alan. That. Yeah. Whereas in the sequel, we stay in the present of 20, uh, 2017 or tw- yeah. uh, with the new kids mm-hmm. and see their meetup. And that raises some mild questions about timelines, but that's just kind of how, as soon as you put the word time in anything, that's going to happen. <laughs> well... Yeah, well
2: I don't know. Did anyone else see Zarathustra besides... Zathustra, I think it was called? Zathura? Zathura, I believe it's called. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I watched Zathura. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's a sci-fi Jumanji. I forgot about that.
2: Yeah, so it's actually based on another book by... um... Uh, His name is Chris
0: Van Allsberg. There we go. Uh,
2: Yeah, it's based on another Allsberg book. Um, And I think that it's, like, kind of a better Jumanji sequel than Jumanji 2. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
2: Like, Jumanji 2 is a fine movie. Yeah, yeah. And there's good action sequences in it, but it's not... It doesn't feel very Jumanji to me.
3: Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, it doesn't stay as uh, true to the original. But at the same
2: time, Zathura isn't as, like, perilous. It's much more slow and kind of sad and less bombastic than this movie.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Like, I think the scariest thing... I don't fully remember the movie, but I know their house just is in space, so they're isolated. Oh, and otherwise, some aliens arrive at their house.
0: I have seen part of that. Yep. Uh, we should probably not dive too deep into it because mm. we yeah. might we might subject Tepper to it in the future. Well, he's watched, watched
3: it. <laughs> no, I haven't watched it. I just saw oh. the I just saw the commercials and stuff for it. Yeah, that's why, like, I knew of it and how it functioned, and then that's also why, like, when we were getting into this one, I went, oh, right, it's the board game affects the world around them, not, like, the sequel.
1: I, I wonder if this author has a series of just different genre board games that fuck up people's lives.
0: <laughs> what other genres of board games would he have?
1: Well, I mean, so there's jungle, and then there's space, Okay. and then, like, you can have pirates, and ancient Egypt, I and, see. like, Samurai. There's so many
2: genres. Don't play his Monopoly. Like his Jungle one ruined the economy. I don't want to know what his Monopoly does.
0: It ruins the jungle. <laughs> like,
3: yeah. Oh, that's sad because that's what capitalism is doing to yeah. real jungles. Yeah, but yeah, just like the banking crisis or the yeah, like the housing bubble or uh, collapse. All of that. That's that's his board game having real effects on the world.
0: That's actually uh, that actually brings us to a point we were noticed when they finish the game and everything from jumanji gets pulled back into jumanji oh right the 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 hunter's new gun goes with him
2: and not the gun he left at the gun store
0: yeah so we're led to believe that jumanji respects capitalism
2: i really want to know if that like uh crooked gun store owner got to keep those gold coins that he paid with
0: I mean, who would have to if Jumanji respects capitalism?
1: Yeah, I think Jumanji respects trades at the very least. Yeah. Just, like, trading one item for the other. Just, okay, you can have this item that I own.
3: Well, and and considering it's a cursed item, uh, it's almost like I wouldn't be surprised if it, like, absorbs elements from the world that people... uh, that, like, it comes out into. So, like, you know, in the sequel... Uh, obviously they probably didn't think this deeply about it but like there's way more guns and stuff like that uh technology jumps forward yeah motorcycles and stuff like so
0: well and like yeah it very much does do exactly that because yeah it's a reflection of the world around it and that's why it becomes a video game
3: yeah it's it's the ultimate cursed item like adaptable uh persistent uh dangerous
0: it just it just wants to be played
2: It just wants players, like you said before. Yeah. Um, Can we talk about Van Pelt's cape? (laughs) He he had this, like, pith helmet, khaki jungle outfit, and then this rockin' red and black, like, Star Wars Imperial uniform cape. It was fashionable. He he looked good.
0: (laughs) That was actually something I I wanted to mention. Uh, So we've had 90s business dad and 1960s business dad. Van Pelt is... 1900s business dad right
3: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yep
2: conquest of africa
3: dad yeah left his kids behind and his family and business went off into the interior of africa and colonized
2: (laughs) with his like fuck off elephant gun
3: yeah that that was uh quite the gun he was shooting yeah he yeah man van pelt was so good like what a what a great villain The Home Alone sequence? Oh, yeah.
1: That was pretty good. I forgot, though, the Home Alone sequence, and it feels weird in the movie.
0: It's... Yeah, it's never established that uh, Peter is MacGyver?
2: Yeah, Peter's MacGyver, and Judy's the party
3: face. (laughs) It's so true.
0: (laughs) And together they are the (laughs) A-team.
3: Well, okay, so Judy. The fact that she, like, if Peter didn't stop her she was gonna do another one of those, like, fake this-is-how-my-parents-died things to Alan at his parents' grave?
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. Peter, Peter definitely has a better sense of, like, social situations.
1: It's like, earlier, she was telling... She was saying, like, oh, I know why this house was so cheap, because a boy died and got chopped up and put in the walls. And the aunt reacts by saying, okay, enough of your lies, go to your room. And you guys are like, that's harsh, but... Like, she, yeah. she's, a, she's a very compulsive liar.
3: And think about that scene again. Uh, I know, like I said, I, I said, that escalated quickly. That actually didn't escalate quickly. I agree with the aunt now. <laughs> like, like now that you, you mention it uh, like that, it's like, yeah, no, she's awful. <laughs> and that was another reason why I wanted those kids to die. <laughs> uh, mostly her, though. Uh the the, the, the boy, you know what like yeah like he had sense enough to go like no don't pull that shit when this guy's dealing with the f- fact his parents are dead uh,
0: <laughs> he doesn't respect the rules of a board game and that's much worse <laughs>
2: <laughs> that just he was just a monkey like it didn't take away his ability to talk it didn't make it harder for him to do anything he just grew a tail and became a furry
0: he was it would have presumably turned him entirely into a monkey
3: uh, we th- yeah okay yeah i i that's what i was thinking is that it would if if given a long enough period of time he would um he would lose his humanity
0: but it also wasn't made super clear if judy just died at the end
3: oh
2: when she got neck yeah. stabbed by the devil flowers <laughs> devil flowers that's a good name for them
0: like she was definitely dying or going into a coma at the very least it was not made. It was not very clear if she had actually just died, though. Man, longest di- die roll.
1: It. I really enjoyed. Like that's oh, a good tension builder. It
0: is. But when yes. you cut back to the die like five times and it's still
3: rolling, <laughs> hitting every single thing that would keep it rolling. Well,
1: it's like a slinky and it's going downstairs.
0: But we see it go downstairs, and then the last four cuts to it are all. On the final stair. <laughs> yeah, we have to remember these are evil dice from an evil game. Uh, no, yeah, that's true too. Like, not too much tension technically at the end there, because he just needed to roll a three on 2d6. Um,
2: So I, I do very clearly remember from the Jumanji board game that if you, it's one of those bullshit games like Trivial Pursuit where if you don't roll the exact number, you have to like go back the number over.
1: Oh, I think that got established. I think she did roll over. And it sent her back.
3: I thought that was just an effect. Like, there's
0: something you must learn. Yeah, and that... Turn. It didn't go back... I don't think it went back her turn. It undid the quicksand. Yeah. Oh,
1: okay.
3: That's at least
0: my interpretation of it. It definitely maybe, undid yeah. the quicksand. It may have also sent her back. And by undoing <gasps> the quicksand, I mean it <laughs> i'm i'm
3: sure there's probably somebody online who has like taking all the scenes of like how many spaces and all the die rolls like mapped out whether it's accurate or not i, I will bet you it
2: all makes sense like yeah. it
3: seems like they put a lot of that kind of
2: work into this movie it's very um like save the cat it's very traditional hollywood everything they set up pays off Yes. Um, like even in that last scene where everything's getting sucked back in, like all of our favorite characters, we get to oh, there's the monkey and there's the rhino. Yeah. and...
0: Did if he had gotten sucked all the way into the quicksand, would he have just fallen down to the first floor?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because like we see when he gets mm. stuck, his his lower half is yeah. just sticking out of the ceiling.
0: Or did just everything below him turn into quicksand, just like all the way down?
1: Well, I like to imagine you no, know, his feet were just free falling. Going through the floor, I found it very comedic to when the the ant walked in and just saw his <laughs> legs in the ceiling.
0: No, that yeah, that, that was pretty good. It was actually like Robin Williams stuck in a floor is possibly my favorite superhero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, every scene of that was very good. We just, like, put the dice in your mouth and, like, trying to, like, blow away a uh, spider. Yeah,
2: the spider, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of very good Robin Williams bits in this. Like, they, they, this is, this might be my favorite performance of Robin Williams. Is Like, he's utilized so perfectly in this movie, and uh, it's never, like, over the top, which is kind of his whole
0: shtick. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, like, probably my favorite live action at the very least. Like,
3: uh, less less comedy than I expected, actually.
0: Yeah, I do really enjoy him, like, as Genie in Aladdin, but it, as a uh, live-action role, very, very good.
3: I like the scene, too, where she's like, oh, you wrestled an alligator for me, or whatever, and then he's, like, pulls away from, like, the potential kiss, and he goes, like, no, that's a crocodile, like, and explains it in detail to her. <laughs> I,
2: I like that they had their romance kiss once they were back as children. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that. Because, like she got to have a a horrible but like a normal childhood sort of like in the real world and he's like a crazy jungle man that probably lost his virginity to an orange or a gorilla or something
3: (laughs) curvy piece of driftwood
1: (laughs) like the scene where he finally goes into the bathroom and he sees the toy like yes
3: yeah. Oh, that was so good.
1: He's so happy to see a toilet after 26 years of no toilets.
3: No more
2: banana leaves. <laughs> I liked that he left um, at his parents' grave. He left behind his, like, turtle hat or whatever he was wearing. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that was like, I don't, I'm not, I won't need this anymore. If it was like, for you, mom and dad.
3: Yeah. I was actually really happy that they made him like back to normal. Cause one of my worries when he first appeared was that they were going to keep him as this weird jungle man uh and be like Robin Williams do silly stuff uh like what he, like when he was doing the motions at the monkey and stuff like that and i was really glad when they were like no he's he's not feral um he is uh just very glad to be back he's a little feral uh, yeah like he's got like elements of it but it wasn't uh like my worry was that it was going to be over the top and it wasn't and that made me happy
1: and I don't mean to nitpick, but the gag where he comes out cleanly shaven and there's, like, little toilet paper where he cut himself. Like, what? I've never shaved before. The very next scene, perfectly smooth skin, like, no cuts. Yeah. Mm.
3: Yeah.
1: It was very small, but I. this is the first time I noticed it. Uh, uh,
3: yeah, if you're, critici- if you're on, like, continuity, 100% valid criticism... I thought it was, like, a good gag, and it was never, like, important enough to the story to, like, matter, right? I agree. Like uh, but but I, I get it, yeah.
2: Um, so do you guys think that the... Like, if they are cards, or the results of a Jumanji, I guess, once that has happened, can you get that result again
0: in the same game?
1: Hmm, I, I guess it would just depend how many results there are.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it also depends how much actual chance it is versus how much it is Jumanji- deciding it
3: right yeah yeah I, I agree with what what john was saying like it really um like we don't know how the game actually functions
2: so i was trying to figure out what like if the cards go back into the deck conceivably everyone could get sucked into jumanji and there would be no one left to roll the dice yeah. uh, but right, then yeah.
0: jumanji would win
2: <laughs> and then
3: jumanji gets to become a real boy but yeah i i think like yeah no idea how jumanji functions and uh, hopefully, Hollywood never gets it in their head to make a Jumanji origin movie. But we gotta see those kids. I'm sure that's in the pipes right now.
0: Or. Please dear,
3: please, dear God, no. Where
0: do you think. Where Do you think, like, Jumanji dates back to, like, the Sumerians, or.
3: That seems like something the Sumerian gods would put together. They were vicious. Like, has it
0: existed as long as games have existed? Like, it must have.
1: Yeah, because I'm wondering, like, did jo- Jumanji start out as just dice? And then it evolved into a board game over time.
3: If studio executives came to me and went, write a Jumanji origin story, I would trace it back to the Sumerians because, like I was saying earlier, like those gods and that mythology were huge, huge dicks. But yeah, that that's like that's what I would write for like an origin story for this game. Uh, that yeah, like the gods made it, and it's a cursed item.
2: See, I thought it was somehow connected to like. Colon the colonization era of Africa because it it does seem to be all very mm. Africa stuff.
3: True, that would actually be another good one is uh, because like that fits into the um, into like that meta or like genre of stories taking place in Africa. Cursed objects, you know, we got like our Indiana Jones style explorers who yep. find that cursed object.
2: Your Solomon's King Solomon's mines.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that would actually be another good one is, yeah, it's a cursed item from from Africa tied to colonialism. Um, So, like, actually, I really like that, too. And if they were, I mean, screenwriting-wise, if they were ever to do an origin story, it'd be very easy because they set in that time period of... uh, uh, Explorer goes to Africa and brings back this game take place in any form cards dice or whatever for his kids the kids play the game and Uh, then oh wow
2: i would watch the hell out of that like yeah ooh, yeah like 1700s european children like playing jubanji and having to deal with murder mosquitoes and stuff that sounds cool
3: yeah and and that's that's what i was thinking is like okay um that would be a cool way to do an origin story and without ruining it because i guess i find the problem with origin stories is sometimes they can suck The mystery out if the mystery is lame
0: (laughs) i i just there i imagine there has to be a tipping point where jumanji would have existed like if jumanji existed playing it would have been no worse than just living
3: (laughs) (laughs) there's things trying to kill us hmm so just another day at the office Yeah, and I do like the world-building in this. Like, the way the board game functions, kind of like the rules it establishes, and, like, its power that it has over the world. And, um... Yeah, I just... Honestly, I I quite like this movie.
0: Yeah, and I love the failed attempts to get rid of it. And how that leads into the sequel, and then the sequel ruins it by attempting to destroy it. Like, that's just...
3: Yeah, that was kind of lame. That's the Uh, worst decision
0: of that movie, personally. Like show it show it ending up somewhere else. That's exactly what Jumanji's supposed to do.
1: yeah
3: yeah, that was that was my uh, one complaint about the sequel as well is I was totally down with the sequel except for the final final ending of them smashing the uh, the console because it should have been them trying to get rid of it and maybe they did smash it but then have another scene of somebody finding a different form of Jumanji. Yeah,
2: but that's just another way that it's like a failing of New Hollywood of not understanding. Like, board games have never been more popular or a cultural force. Like, when this movie came out, board games were still snakes and ladders and bullshit like that. Uh, Like, you could have made a very different Jumanji movie about the board game because there's a whole fetish about board games now. Jumanji, Twilight Imperium. No, exactly, like, all these caverna pieces, like, way too many components.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but to be fair, like, that that movie starts in the 90s, yeah. It starts in 19- 1996, oh, right. yeah. where board games were on a fall, and so yeah. Jumanji becomes a video game. And it doesn't, that is, like, Jumanji's one limitation, it seems like, is it's not able to adapt while it has players.
3: Yeah, yeah, like as long as there is a game in progress, it cannot change. But yeah, I think I think yeah, like this the one failing of the sequel was uh, not not necessarily like setting up another movie, but like showing, you know, calling back to the ending of the first one with this this cycle because it is a cursed item and having that 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 cycle that no matter how, much people try to stop this thing. It has a will and magic of its own,
2: right? And you could do that in so many like, if you want to be like have it uh, be uploaded as a ROM or something. Like there are clever things you could do with that.
3: Yeah, like like what they could have done is even um, like they could have still gone ahead with smashing the console in the in the sequel. But yeah, you know, some uh, I don't know, like some tech guys go dumpster diving or. Um. Somebody shows up and goes like, "I found this hard drive. Yeah. in the dumpster. How great would that be if it's like a bunch of years later
2: or whatever, and some uh like guys in China or something are tearing apart these electronics and like, oh look at this game, it's still perfectly fine.
3: Yeah,
0: drums, let's, let's...
3: cue drums. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, something like that.
0: I actually just realized because like I already noted how in this one we go uh we go back to where we started." in the 60s, and in the sequel, we stay in the present. But it's not just us, it's Jumanji that does that. Like, Jumanji goes back to the 60s with Alan, but Jumanji stays in 2016. Weird. Yeah, like, it doesn't mm. go back with... I don't remember that kid's name. It doesn't go back to the to 96 with him.
3: It It goes back in time to... with Alan, right? That's what yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah. Like, it goes yeah,
0: without... Yeah. Al, like, Alan still has it. Like, everything resets to when he sat down to play the game. And yeah. it seemed... Probably the same thing happens to that one kid in the 90s, but the game's not with him. The game stays in the future.
3: Oh, I see. Yeah, you're right.
1: Because if the game traveled back in time with that one kid, he would have just would it.
3: Yeah, and it wouldn't... It wouldn't have been in the... Uh, in the... the room.
1: Yeah,
3: uh, because because they donated his stuff, I'm pretty sure to the school.
0: Presumably, yeah.
3: Presumably, so it never ended up in that storage room, meaning they wouldn't have had anything to smash.
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird.
3: Hmm. Yeah, definitely an no oversight, but you know. Oh well. Um, you guys have anything else you want to mention about the movie?
0: I love Van Pelt. I love him. <laughs> the the monsoon and the earthquake were. Also spectacular special uh, mm, physical yeah. practical effects there it is.
1: I, yeah. I like temper I like your comment like this water looks really good yeah because it's water.
3: I, I know but you you guys you guys knew what I meant
0: yeah, right? but
1: it was just
0: funny these water yeah, effect, like, nin- 90s water effects am I right? Yeah, well, yeah,
3: but actually, though, like, you look at... Um... Yeah, pretty
2: special effects, water effects are, like, they look good because they filmed water, but th- there's a whole era
3: of movies where, like, oh, a giant wave that looks like pixels. I'm so scared. Yeah, yeah, you get what I'm saying, Chris. And, like, also, like, the lighting and stuff that they use, like, um, uh, this is going to sound a little bit like heresy, but I quite like Jurassic Park 3. Hey, did you know that that is also directed? That's
2: directed by the same by uh, Peter Johnston. No fucking way! Just the yep.
0: third one, or <sighs> just the oh, third one. My, oh my god! I think you
1: blew his mind. <laughs>
0: <sighs> so we just learned that that sorry,
3: Joe Johnston.
0: Yeah, we just learned that Joe Johnston has a thing for water.
3: Because there's that whole yeah, there's that whole sequence. Uh, you, have you guys seen Park 3? All of you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this is just going to be a brief aside, but like that whole sequence when they're like fighting, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of that T Rex knockoff.
1: Uh, uh, T Rex with frills on its back.
3: It, uh, I believe it is called Imperius Rex. Yeah, um, like that whole sequence in the water is one just such a great sequence. I actually really love that whole part.
1: Yeah, it was really good. And
3: it looks good. And when this the the water in the interior of the. Um, in Jumanji reminded me of that scene so distinctly because of the way the lighting is uh, like that, like kind of like softer, how do, I even, how do I describe it? Like that soft bluish lighting that they kind of got going. Uh, uh, I guess it's
1: like, it's the coloring of a storm when, yeah, with yeah cloud cover and everything.
3: Yeah. So um, yeah. So right. Uh, anyway, long story short, made me think of that scene from dress bar three.
0: All right, and thanks for listening. Uh, this has been Never End the Story with Chris, Shauna, uh, Tepper, and myself, Ivan. And a special thanks to 8-Bit Jazz for the use of our theme song, uh, the Ending Story theme, 8-Bit Jazz version. You can find them on YouTube, and there will be a link in the description. Uh, catch you next time.